Hey guys, it's Harvey here, and I noticed that I kept saying organisms throughout, you know, the first minute or so, and it's organisms. I know that. I don't know why I said organisms, but anyways, enjoy. What is a mass extinction? After a quick Google search, um, this is what you get. An extinction event is a widespread and rapid decrease in the biodiversity on Earth. Such an event is identified by a sharp change in the diversity and abundance of multicellular organisms. Okay, that was quite a mouthful. So, for all the dummies, like me, a mass extinction is when, you know, there is a huge explosion or whatever, something happens, and a large amount of the Earth's living organisms are wiped out. Now, there's been five mass extinction events so far, and the most recent one was the one that, you know, wiped out all the dinosaurs, which was 66 million years ago, and it is named the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction. The KT extinction, as it's also known, killed off half of all genera and 75% of species. So a geologist in the 80s found rocks which dated to about the same time that the dinosaurs were wiped off the face of the earth. And those rocks had iridium levels which were off the charts. Now one thing that you have to know is that the earth's crust does not have a lot of iridium, but asteroids do. Asteroids have a lot of iridium. So he formed a theory that, you know, an asteroid hit the Earth and formed a lot of geological complications. Where, in a unique twist of fate, a deadly chain reaction was waiting to be unleashed. Which made it hard for organisms to survive and, in turn, caused mass extinction. So I'm going to take you to see some really remarkable rocks that live in the app. The person that you're hearing right now is the geologist himself that came up with the asteroid theory, a.k.a. Walter Alvarez. Now, they laughed about Walter's theory for a while. Other people immediately objected. They said, oh, no, no, no. How do you know there are not iridium anomalies everywhere? I mean, you got one there, but how do you know there isn't one there and one around there? Maybe they're just real common. They don't have anything. They eventually stopped laughing at his theory when they discovered a huge crater in Mexico, which is believed to be the contact point that the asteroid made when hitting Earth. Okay, so that was the fifth extinction. Now, there is a sixth extinction happening right now. It is known as the Holocene slash Anthropocene extinction. I said the word extinction like five times there. Hello, I am Irfan Firuzi, and I've been researching on animals and plants for the past seven years. So this is Irfan Firuzi, and he has his own podcast called The Wildlife Focus, and he is gonna shed some light upon how us humans are causing the sixth extinction. The most famous was the extinction that caused the dinosaurs to go extinct. So we are causing the mass uh, extinction due to many different things because humanity now stands at an unprecedented crossroad, you know? Okay, now listen to what he says about the weather on Earth before humans ever existed, which is about 200,000 years ago. Let's say the next month is going to be a rainy or monsoon, you know? Because like we saw that every year the rainy seasons happen at the exact same time of the year, you know? But then before it wasn't like this. 
You could say, okay, next time it may rain, but then it may it may month after like one 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 or two months later. You get me? So we couldn't say. Even if we had technology, we couldn't say because you know the things fluctuated between the climate fluctuated. Everything was so different back then. So what he's trying to tell us is that two hundred thousand years ago, the Earth did not have so-called seasons such as winter, summer, spring, or autumn. The Earth did, although, have weather conditions that appear in the four seasons that us humans know, like rain or a hailstorm. So these weather conditions did exist, but never appeared in a consistent pattern. You know, it could be raining today and tomorrow it could be as warm as 45 degrees outside. But then, you know, approximately around 10,000 years ago, something truly extraordinary happened. The climate itself, you know, stabilized. And the natural system that we were living in filled with billions of individuals of millions of different plants and animals. And they had evolved to something extraordinary, complex and yet interconnected. And it was, you know, that thing that was able to supply us with fresh water, abundant fish, and, and meat or, or let's say timber or, or um, to build our homes and to keep us warm uh, you know the, the fertile lands the pollinators for our crops even able to degrade the seasons that we depend on okay so this is where i really got caught off guard you know when he said that everything changed all of a sudden and what he means is that we suddenly appeared on the f we didn't suddenly appear on the face of the earth but as humans evolved we started making a bigger impact on the biodiversity and ecosystem and we were becoming you know a very dominant force so up to a certain point human activity is actually beneficial for the earth you know because we hunted and we basically balanced nature but after a certain point you know we went over the curve started exploiting earth's resources and now we're actually harmful to the earth we, we went over it exactly the, the way we, we actually did we saw that okay we were, we were, you know, we are giving a lot of benefits. But what happened is that we have moved from the spe small species 2000 years ago on a big planet to a species so dominant that our impacts are, you know, fighting with nature, we can say. And as we have taken control of the planet and started to overconsume the system we have built drained the oceans, you know, of so many fishes that fish stocks are collapsing. We, 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 we cut down or, or strip away mangrove swamps away, you know, leaving coastlines exposed to erosion and flooding. And we continue to clear the most biodiverse habitats for timber or soy and food production. And we are actually replacing the, the wild herds and healthy soils with industrial scale farms and intensive agriculture. Okay, so the damage is done, right? So how do we fix it if it is even possible to fix it? I work for an organization called Project Drawdown. For the last four years, together with a team of researchers and writers from all over the world, we've mapped, measured, and detailed 100 solutions to reversing global warming. What you're hearing now is Chad Frischman's 100 Solutions to Global Warming TED Talk. This is a list of the top 20 solutions to reversing global warming. So according to his research, the most impactful decisions that we can make to reverse global warming or climate change or, you know, the sixth mass extinction in this case, is food-related. The single most impactful solution, according to this analysis, would be refrigeration management, or properly managing and disposing of hydrofluorocarbons, also known as HFCs, which are used by refrigerators and air conditioners to cool the air. We did a great job with the Montreal Protocol to limit the production of chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs, because of their effect on the ozone layer but they were replaced by HFCs, which are hundreds, 
to thousands of times more potent a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. So what he's trying to tell us is that refrigerators emit CFCs, and CFCs deplete the ozone layer. So there was an agreement in 1987, the Montreal Protocol, to stop emitting CFCs. You know, to stop uh, manufacturing refrigerators and air conditioners that produce these CFCs, which harm the environment. So after that agreement was signed, people started manufacturing ACs and refrigerators that produce HFCs. So basically, HFCs are still harmful to the Earth. They do deplete the ozone layer, but they are not as harmful as you know the previously produced CFCs. Hey guys, it's Aisha. This is the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two.